Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome along to the Rugby Pass uh, podcast. This is The Short Ball with Scotty Stevenson and Mills Mulyaina and producer Alice here. And a big show today, Mills. We're going to talk about a potential super rugby side in the Pacific Islands and uh, the stories that developed overnight here in New Zealand. We're also going to catch up a bit later with Stevie Hoyles out of Australia, uh, who believes that the, the Australians need to cheat a bit more in order to start <laughs> winning games. Uh, we'll talk about the last round of Super Rugby, look ahead to this uh, next round of Super Rugby. But before we get into any of that, Mills, you know how much I like the Black Ferns sisters, eh? You love them, bro. Yeah, I do. And uh, what a great pleasure to welcome to the podcast for the very first time, Nia Williams, still in Canada. Niz, uh, congratulations, mate. That's an awesome victory over your old rivals, Australia. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Good to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. But, um, yeah, definitely always a good one to get one up over those girls because um, they're a competitive bunch and so are we. So, yeah. Something's uh, radically changed in your team. I know you've always been committed. I know you've always felt that you were capable of winning uh, any tournament in front of you. But it just seems after that Commonwealth Games victory that you guys have been able to take it up another level, Niall. What, what, what is the secret behind that? Uh, I guess the secret is, you know, the, I guess the way we train back home. Um, we put a lot of emphasis on um, what we actually do in training. Um, you know, we, we train quite smart, scenario-based um, type trainings, and um, we work bloody hard. So, yeah, definitely we put in the, the, the hard yards to make sure that when we get out on the field, um, you know, we can match up with them and if not um, actually go, go beyond what's needed on the field. Yeah, no, and, and it also seems like, you know, not only do you guys work hard on the field, but you've got a real good team culture. I mean, Ruby Tui, always on the Instagram, you know, loves, loves an Instagram, but it just kind of seems, I think <laughs> I seen something yesterday, you guys were singing in the um, in the van and stuff, and it just seems like you, you girls, are, uh, you know, just get along really, really well. That must make a massive difference when you're out there playing in a final against, you know, I suppose what you say, the Australians and co. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Um, you know, if you're on the field battling it out with another team, you want to know that your sister has your back and um, that they're there to go um, 100% on the field for you. And um, it all starts with off-field stuff, you know. Um, we really enjoy each other's company. Um, we love being around each other. And it's quite funny, you know, Sisters isn't just a brand that we that we say because that's what we're called, Seven Sisters. We're actually really sisters. And um, yeah. the way I look at the girls is uh, like one of my own family members and I'd do anything for them. So, yeah, yeah no, for sure, our culture definitely, um, I guess, shines through on our um, 
when we play on the field. But it, but it, it, it's huge. I mean, it, we don't actually get a um, I suppose a gauge on it as well because I know. You know, especially with uh, yourself, you got um, you know young kids at home and things like that. And I actually got a big uppercut last week for for saying that I was I was babysitting when I wasn't babysitting. But <laughs> you know, you you mean the, the girls actually uh, look after your kids and things like that. It must be hard. I mean, for for us guys that travel a lot, um, you know, we don't we don't really get a, a fair idea about what you guys go through in terms of leaving your, your kids and that at home and and, and especially when you tra- when you actually are at home as well in, in terms of the training and things. I mean, that must be hard, but it must be also awesome that you have that that support, um, as you say, from your sisters. Yeah, um, you know, um, every time I leave home, it's hard. Um, you know, um, the girl, my girls are getting a bit older over the last couple of years and they're actually understanding, um, you know, what's going on. It's not just a free present when they get home when I get <laughs> off the plane now. It's, you know, a little bit more than that. They realise I'm not going to be there for a while. And, yeah, they do miss me. And I have a great support team at home. Um, you know, my partner, he's amazing. He yeah. likes to call it daddy daycare. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he gets the job done while I'm gone, but also just, you know, other family members helping out, even the girls. They're, yeah. they're amazing too. Um, my girls always call them, you know, their aunties, and they're always willing to help me out with school pickups and drop-offs and yeah. move the schedule around if need be just to help me out. So And with our management too, yeah, they're amazing. And um, we're very family-orientated, our, yeah. um, our team, which is amazing, and our mm-hmm. coach, Bunce, and Corey, you know, they all have families too, so they know, um, you know, the, the void in your heart when, when you're away <laughs> and how much it means that, that when you are back home that you make sure we get our quality time in, but also when we're away that um, we have time to call them and whatnot, but also that we, we I guess, we get enough family time at home so when we are away we can do the mahi. Naz, uh, you've spoken about this in the past and um, there have been headlines written about you that uh, always have to involve someone else in your family. Do you feel that um, you, you, you finally, <laughs> you've got to a point in your career where we don't need to mention anyone else, we can just talk about Niall Williams? <laughs> oh, that's been going on a lot before even I came onto the rugby scene, mm. but... Um yeah, I feel like it's taken three solid seasons, but I've, <laughs> I feel like I've managed to, to to make a name for myself out there on the field. And um, a funny story, actually, the other day, my sister was, um, she was secretly recording my dad and she said, oh, dad, um, who's a better, who, who's a better sevens player, Sonny Ball or Niall? And um, dad just laughed. And then she goes, go on, who is it? Like he didn't know she was foot. He was, she was filming him and he said, oh, well, Niall, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, woo, thank you. That has made my day. That was, uh, that was the moment in life where I knew I had made it. And you know, I don't need that name next to my name anymore. But, you know, so now I'm proud of my brother. Yeah. But I'll take that one. I'll take that one. The, the other thing about what you bring to this team in particular is um, a couple of massive shoulders. Um, you have frightened more <laughs> opponents this season than I think any other player on the tour. How do you approach a game? Because I know you're a physical player, but how do you get into that space mentally before every contest? Oh, easy when I step out onto the field. I just, I don't look at anyone else. Like, I I protect my sisters like they're my family. And so for me, seeing them run and try to run over the top of my sisters or through me, you know, that I don't like that. So you just <laughs> got to get in the zone and... 
I feel like um, plenty of years having to run into my brother's shoulders um, put me in a good space to be able to get in that zone quickly. See, this is better. <laughs> You're taking credit for his career. That's the way it should yeah. be. This is exactly the way it should be. <laughs> hey, uh, Niz, I'm going to quick fire you very quickly uh, because, uh, first of all, who's the most annoying girl on the team? Ruby. Mm, no, that's a fair point. Actually. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a fair point. Who's the... Who's I'm, the I'm, 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 Who's Sorry, the hardest? Who's the hardest trainer in the team? Uh, Sarah Goss. Mm, standard. Ooh. Beast what, on the front. Yeah. Yeah. What is the best place to play sevens? The best place. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, I love Dubai. Dubai is probably my favourite tournament. Um, just the stadium's always packed, and the people are so friendly and it's just amazing how you're just driving in the desert and then all of a sudden there's a massive stadium it's crazy yes that's the very true have over there. that's very true uh how often yep. does bunts get annoyed with you guys in any given week uh every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good but, that's good because we're all honest with each other so yeah and we f- move on pretty quickly and finally who is the best singer in the team very important question the best singer, okay, I know who wants me to say her name, but I'm definitely not going to give that to her, so I'm going to go with Kat Patterson-Pin. Oh, really? Oh. oh, the dark horse of the team. I like that. Oh. I like yeah. that. Hey, what's your plans from here, Niall? Uh, you mentioned before we, we started the podcast today that um, you've reached a, a milestone age of sorts, but surely there's plenty left in the tank. <laughs> hey, she's got a big oh, tank sure, too, mate. mate. Hey, you've got yeah, a hell of a tank big tank. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel like 30s when you're hitting your prime. Isn't that right? <laughs> I don't know. If that's the case, I'm well past my prime, Niall. I'll give you the, I'll give you the tip. <laughs> Millsy's still there, though. I watched him on a spin bike today. My God, the boy's still got it. He's still competitive. I don't know if he'd go well against you girls, but uh, no, he's still mate. competitive. Hey, uh, Niall Williams, <laughs> you're amazing. Congratulations to uh, you and all the rest of the Blackfern Sevens girls. And uh, can't wait to see you uh, actually playing in front of a home crowd one of these days. I uh, know. We can't wait, too. That's the dream, mate. <laughs> All right. You take it easy, mate. Give our regards to everyone there. Travel Thanks, safe. Thanks, We love you guys. Thanks, bud. Thank so, you. Bye. You know, I've seen that particular woman do some extraordinary things this year on a sevens field. Oh. Uh, it was instrumental in um, making sure that uh, New Zealand... Well, there you go. She's gone. Uh, was instrumental in making sure New Zealand claimed that title in the Gold Coast oh. uh, and just never gives up. And, and it doesn't matter. She's, she fights through so much pain. You can see her just talking before we, we started the pod today about how it's a recovery day there. And, um, you know, even after what seemed to be a very comfortable win, she said, you know, everyone is sore after that. Yeah, and exactly. And, and like, I, I know I sort of was, uh, we'll mention Ruby Tui's uh, Insta, but the way they train all the time. And, you know, one thing that sort of comes to mind straight away when you hear Niall Williams is that chase she done, you know, back to get that yeah. penalty in the, in the Gold Unreal. Coast. Yeah, and, and I know that, um, you know, we all spoken about, um, you know, Kelly's try and things like that. But I was on the edge of my seat going, go, go, go. And she did it, got back up back up on her feet and then claimed the ball. And from that, you know, obviously Kelly sort of scored. But those uh, those girls, and I, mean, I mentioned it, you know, they um, they have got massive engines. You know, they can bloody run for a very long time. And so it's great that they're doing well. I know, I'm not too sure what the calculations are at the moment. There's one leg to go and they need sort of some other results to go in their way to make sure that Aussie don't get into the finals for them to, to claim the um, the World Series. And so hopefully they can do that. But in the meantime, you know, they're, they're controlling their own destiny by winning the tournaments, right? 100%, mate. 100%. We're going to move on from sevens and, uh, and from the women's sevens for a little bit and uh, get back into super rugby. Uh, we're 
the weekend saw some extraordinary results for me, Millsy. I want to start here, and I saw someone tweet this out. Uh, what's the worst result? Uh, gifting 63 points to the Sunwolves or blowing a 29-point lead against the Crusaders? <laughs> yeah, you know, look, we've got to talk about this stuff. We've got to talk about this stuff. Oh, mate, you know what? I'd have to say it had to be the Sunwolves, uh, the Reds losing to the Sunwolves by, by that much. And I know there was a lot going on leading into that. You know, Thorny had sort of suspended a couple of uh, well, the twins or the, the brothers. Um but you know that that I suppose if there was any team that was going to come back from a, a twenty nine point deficit, it was going to be the Crusaders, and so it sort of made the game um, you know fairly exciting. So you know I'd have to say the uh, the Reds going down. I mean by that much. What about the crowd in Tokyo? Last game of the season in Tokyo for the Sunwolves, and the whole crowd just stays behind, has a massive team photo with the team. <laughs> I, I, I love. I haven't had the chance to go up there and watch a Sunwolves game. I know that uh, a few of our colleagues have Millsy and uh, and have enjoyed it up there. It, it looks so festive, sunshine, afternoon footy, and uh, a crowd that, as someone pointed out, started giggling at the Reds. Um, you know, it's is very very un-Japanese like. <laughs> no, it is. Very un-Japanese-like. But uh, Australian prob- uh, rugby's got a few issues, and uh, we're going to give uh, our old mate Stevie Hoyles a call now. Uh, Stevie Hoyles has come out in the papers in Australia and said uh, Australian rugby players need to cheat more. So um, let's get to the bottom of this with uh, with the great man Hoylesy, because um, interesting move. Ah, Hoylesy, how are we, son? I'm well. I'm well. I've had a lovely week. Well, that's good to hear. Welcome to the yeah. short ball, Hoylesy. Uh, what a... What an inflammatory few statements you've made over the weekend, Hoyles. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to get what? a headline. What do you mean? What do you mean by what you said? Have you been quoted out of context or do you think Australian rugby players need to cheat more? I think a bit of both, to be honest. <laughs> I, I certainly have caused a few stirs, but I'm standing by my comments. I think Australian rugby will be better off if we'd be a little bit craftier off the ball. A little bit of old school behind the play. Niggle won't hurt anyone. Are exactly, you? I hope it does. That's the plan. <laughs> sure. You can't get filthy on it. Have you not learned anything from Cameron Bancroft's sandpaper gate? What's uh, you know? <laughs> is every is every player going to run out now with some yellow sandpaper around their wrist instead of bandaging? Is this what you? Is this the sort of? Is this the sort of I'm, dark arts I'm you're referring to? I'm just coming up with a prototype at the moment. <laughs> I think it was been a fair few inquiries. In in all honesty, Suma, uh, I've had a, a relatively decent backlash from a fair few Aussies and Kiwi supporters. But the point I'm trying to make. Uh, and I did say tongue in cheek. I, I did throw that line away. We need to cheat better with a smile on my face. And then, having tried to explain it, we need to be more like the best teams in the world, and we need to be better off the ball and not not allow the referee to make every decision. And and when when he's not looking at us, we can run someone off the ball. We can hold them down for another meter or yeah. or another second. Things that have always been going on in the game. I don't think we're very good at it at the moment. I think the Kiwis are the best at it, and they're the best because they've been doing it for a long time. We used to be very good at it, by the way. You did used to be very good at it. And I, and I know exactly what you mean. I remember when sort of in the All Blacks environment, you sort of just well, was told when you're cleaning a ruck, just hold that guy just a, an extra second uh, uh, longer. And like it's amazing what effect that has. Obviously, the referees then started cottoning on to it. But you're not really talking about the stuff that happened with Joe Moody, that thing. I think that's probably uh, why. No, Absolutely not. This is like this is where it's probably been a bit lost. Like, I'm not That's talking right. about the, the the foul play and things like that. That's the, there's never a place for that. I, I'm simply talking about you know what we need. And I try and summarise it. We need more people like George Gregan and Owen Finnegan trying to do a little bit of stuff off the ball that irritates people. Foul play's not on. No, no one condones that. Um, and I was probably trying to say it in jest because we were sitting there on a panel and everyone 
you know, Nick McCarter was calling for impartial referees and, you know, everyone was getting a bit fired up. And I don't really think that's the answer because there's nothing wrong with the refereeing. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is we're just not we're just not drawing attention to the stuff ourselves. We're trying to let the referees and the teamos make every decision for us when we probably feel that the best teams, well, the best Wallaby teams in the years gone by, they sorted a few of these things out themselves. If they had to clean you out a little bit harder in the ribs a little bit late, they did it. And and I don't think our guys are doing that at the moment. Horsey, I mean, I, I know what you, I know exactly what you're saying with your comments, but this has got to come from somewhere. This inability to see the line in the game and be able to push it, and is that a coaching issue for Australian teams? Because we know that no matter how the laws have evolved over the years, a coach is always looking for ways to push that line and to make sure that they get the half meter advantage on any call that a referee gives. So, are we talking about a generation of Australian players? who are just lacking game awareness and or the fitness to be able to get themselves in the proper positions in the game? Sumo, I'll take out the fitness comment, everything else you've nailed it. And it's not the current coaches. The current coaches are dealing with current players that have come through a robotic program structured system over the last decade and goes all the way down to our schoolboys and under-16s and all these blokes that wanted to be professional coaches have done level one, level two, level three, and it's all about you know, game plans and pods and getting back on your side of the field and all this crap that doesn't help us think on our feet when we're under fatigue. We need players that, that have learned on the run. And you know what it's like. When you're a young kid, you used to have one coach. Now that same team has a forwards coach, a backs coach, mm. a defensive coach. It's like there's, there's overcoaching in Australian mm. rugby all the way down to under-13s and, and we're suffering for it. And, and you guys are sitting over there probably laughing at us as a result. But we used to be a very intelligent rugby nation and we used to be very good at gamesmanships and manipulating and bending the laws but at the moment we're terrible at it yeah and you're right like I, I, I thoroughly remember coming and playing against the Australians when they're at the top of their game you know you, you had to if you had any sort of mistake or uh, you didn't finish an opportunity you knew that the Australians were cotton onto it straight away and so that was the, the fright obviously uh, over the last few years or so they just haven't got back to that level but there's glimpses of it, Hoysi. I mean, you've, you've seen in the, in the weekend against, you know, the, with the Waratahs and, and obviously the Reds, albeit the, in the weekend, you know, beating the Lions. And, and so, you know, however frustrating it must be, there must be a bit of, I suppose, um, confidence that, um, you know, th- th- there is something that's brewing. Yeah, when you see the Waratahs play like that for the first 30 minutes, you know that they've, they've got the capacity to do it. You, you always knew the Crusaders were going to come back and, I suppose the other thing that you don't want to get lost in all of this chat is that I'm a huge fan of what the Crusaders have done and, and they're the best because they've been able to do that for a long period of time. So this isn't us crying poor. The Waratahs should have shut them out of the game and they weren't they weren't good enough. But the, the Wallabies beat the All Blacks in the last test in Brisbane. So we know that they're capable of doing it. Um, and I think that's probably a frustration Michael Check has as well. Like he, He's a guy that played the game and coached the game right on the boundaries of what's fair and what's not. And he gets his players to be tough and he gets them to be, you know, intense and, and crafty. And so he gets, he inherits all these super rugby players that are probably just playing a little bit shy of their best. And he has to try and turn them around in the test season and probably doesn't get them in the, the form that he wants. But I'm completely confident that we've got enough good players at the international level to be as good as any other team. We just need to be able to come into test footy in the form that we're not at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough spot for you guys to be in, uh, Halsey. It really is. And, uh, you know, we've said it before on this pod and, and we'll say it again. I mean, we, we do hope that Australian rugby climbs back up to, to where we all hope and know it should be. 
Um, just one more thing before you go, Hoylesy. Um, now that we've we've got you in context and understand you and given you your fair due, this should be good. Carry on. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about Twiggy Forest, mate, and what's going on in Western Australia with the force and this uh, and this current World mm. Series of Rugby or whatever they're calling it. I mean, quite staggering to see the groundswell of support out west for the force in this new tournament. Well, mate. You know, I think you, you say hats off to them because they said they were going to do something. A lot of people laughed at them. A lot of people said they couldn't do it. And you know what they've done? They've turned rugby in a really short period of time in the West into a boring product, which was super rugby. And the, the force never had the crowds that the Western force are getting at the moment. But mm. what they've done is under their new... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Model, they've turned it into a bit like an, um, a, a big bash cricket or a sevens rugby festival. Like they've actually made game day fun mm-hmm. and exciting and what they've done, they, they they jumped onto the Tongan community in Perth last week. They got them all involved in pre-game activity. So they would have had thousands of Tongan fans that live over there supporting Tonga. They went out and got all, they're getting kids involved. They've got good activations at game day. And they've made rugby fun again. And admittedly, they're not playing against top-tier um, international opponents. It's exhibition games only. But they're doing, they're ticking all the right boxes. And I think it's something that everyone on the east coast of Australia should actually look at and say, well, hang on, this guy is one of the, the wealthiest blokes in Australia. There's no person that's ever given more money away to charity in Australia than Twiggy Forest. Maybe we make that phone call and why don't we have, get him back involved in the game again? Eh? Yeah, it'll never happen, by the way, because that's not how the establishment works, Halsey. It's a shame, isn't it? It's a yeah, shame. It is, mate. Hey, always great to chat to you, mate. Thanks for being a part of the pod today, brother. Good on you, fellas. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Stephen Hoyles. Uh, who uh, played a fair bit of code. Uh, Millsy was a pretty rugged player himself and now, of course, uh, a punnet with uh, Fox Sports and a commentator as well. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching the Western Force and I've enjoyed yeah. seeing the Pacific flavour of that tournament, which, which brings us to our next port talking point today. A story broken by uh, New Zealand's news hub last night, Patrick Gower, that the New Zealand government spent $80,000 on a feasibility study uh, to look at uh, the chances of a Pacific Island super rugby team Harley Tipoli, uh, old mate of yours, Millsy's come out. He's mm. done a lot with the Pacific Players Association. He says it'd be great. Um, but we, we, is it going to happen? Is this a possibility? I know Greg Peters, uh, former yep. uh, Wellington CEO, former Argentinian CEO, has um, certainly been looking at things with the Fijian government uh, in terms of a pitch. Can it happen? Should it happen? Will it happen? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, everyone's all on board. They want something to happen. But the fundamentals of it is who's going to actually sort of, you know, um, steer the whole thing. You know, you've got you know three nations. Obviously, you know the um, 
you know, with a with a crowd and things. You had the game in Fiji, uh, the Crusaders versus the Chiefs packed. Then you went to Samoa with um, the Blues versus the Reds. Not so not so good. So when the whole dynamics of it, when it comes together, who's actually going to run it? And I think that's probably the worrying part. Yeah, look, I agree with that. I mean, I know this team will be based in Suva, at least that's the reports, and they'll play some games across the other islands, Tonga, Samoa, also in Auckland, yeah. which is yep. the world's biggest Polynesian city, of course. Um, I, this is the problem, though, for any new team. Sanzar will block this with its own criteria. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. You know, Sanzar says to new teams, you'll get no share of the broadcast dollars. None. So, so that immediately it's a hurdle, and you've got to add some value back to Sansa. So you've got to be the giver, and you're yeah, not the taker, okay. and you're trying to get up off the ground. I mean that that's Sansa's own criteria for expansion. You want to be part of this, then give us the cash. So immediately you can see a massive hurdle for oh. the Pacific Islands team, or for any proposed Pacific Islands team. But you know, forgetting the governmental point of view here, I look. New Zealand and the Pacific Islands strategically for New Zealand are important. Mm. Sport to the Pacific Islands is important. And in fact, the New Zealand government does a lot of investing work, funding work on sport and activity and physical activity in the islands as it is. So it seems a natural extension. What I'm saying is people will come up with all sorts of reasons why we can't do this. Meanwhile, 14,000 fans are at Western Force game playing Tonga the other night. Yeah. 14,000 fans compared to some of the crowds that are watching Super, Super. Rugby teams at the moment, yeah. including our biggest city, is a pretty good number. That's not too shabby, mate. Not too shabby at all. I, I, just, I, I just wish we would just get over ourselves and say, let's just do it. You yeah. know, because the problem that Sanzar has, and, um, and, and they know it, and everyone knows it, and everyone should know it, Sanzar does not run a competition. Sanzar is a front organisation for South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, and potentially Argentina. Mm. But uh, how much say they have is beyond me. So they're not running a competition. They're running the bidding of the national <laughs> unions and what they need out of the competition, which is development programs for international rugby where they make their money. Mm. So Super Rugby is at a point right now where it's still got so much to offer the fans, but it's forgot what it was. It should be a standalone competition run by a standalone organisation. Yeah, and I suppose when it gets to that sort of standard of professionalism, it does become about the business, right, as opposed to... You know, going back to, of course... But, but whose business? No. Is it, is, it, is it the All Blacks business, the Wallabies business, the Springboks business and the Pumas business, or is it a business for the fans like the NRL? The NRL doesn't care about the Kangaroos. No. The NRL runs the NRL. Yeah. The AFL yeah, doesn't yeah. care about the Australian Aussie football team, mm. Aussie rules team. They run the AFL. Yeah. And the and the, the NFL what? runs the NFL. Yeah. MLB runs baseball. NBA runs basketball. What you know? What does Sansa run? Yeah, it almost becomes like um, your own individual player agent when when something's about to come up with, i.e., the South African the the broadcasting rights. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna move. So they're kind of looking after themselves. And then, oh, you know, yeah. so it becomes so, a negotiating. So it's table. a really complicated big love sort of marriage where you've got still to this day, twenty one years after its formation, mm. we have the same niggles. We've got one country who's various. Uh, people within that country are saying we should split from here. You've got one country that wants to keep all its players in the country and only select from that pool. You've got another player that's a country that says, oh no, we'll pick from outside our jurisdiction. We've got another country that's trying to make sure that its players are all playing. <laughs> Super yeah. It's so complex. It's, yeah, it is. <sighs> and, and I just, you know, I, there's only so much you can do before you say, look, I'm, I'm not suggesting the people at Sands I don't work hard. What I'm saying is, 
it's got to be an organisation that runs a competition, not an organisation that is run by the country's <laughs> its constituent members. <laughs> That's yeah. all. And, and if there's a feasibility study done and New Zealand Rugby won't share the details and I'm sure an OIA is already out for the government to share the details of that feasibility study, if a feasibility study comes back and says it's feasible, jump on it. Get on the board, mate. Get, Get on, on it. it. Get on it. Don't you think? Oh, hell yes. I you, like Suva. I'd, li- I'd like to go back to Suva. But the talent's there. The talent's there. It's just... Uh, yeah, and, and I, I don't know. It's, I think... Um, Guys are a little bit reluctant because they just don't know who's going to actually run it and how, you know, how it's run. Does someone else come in there and, and run the cutter, or is it the governing body in the islands? You know, you got to, you're bringing three nations together now, and so, you know, well, well it would have to be a standalone organisation, a privately run organisation that run that club. Yeah, it's, it has to be. It has to, it has to be. But are the are the sort of home unions going to be happy with that? And that's the buy-in you're going to have to try and get. Ah, fair enough. Uh, what did you make of the Crusaders last week against the Waratahs? At 29 nil up, did you did you think for a second the Waratahs were going to win that game? I I I had a I thought they might just do it, but then in the back of my mind, I, I thought to myself, if there was one team that was going to come back from this, it was going to be the Crusaders. Mm. But I just and that's why they're so good. They went in with a game plan; it was not working at all, and all and the ability to be able to change that and come back the way they did, oh. Spectacular. Are you impressed, Producer Ellis? Impressed by... The Crusaders? I know you're a Highlanders fan, but surely you're impressed she by... She was happy with yeah. Highlanders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You are happy with the Highlanders? I was happy... Though. Yeah, I was happy with, with all of it. The Highlanders was... Yeah. Happy with the Highlanders? Some people got kicked out of the stadium at the Highlanders. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw your tweet. Yeah. <laughs> for fornicating. Oh, In the family stand. And it was... It was I, I'm, trying to, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how that was done. As I called it, the pre-ejaculation erection ejection. <laughs> but I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to figure out what, what sort of rifleman position were you in? Yeah. Well, Alice, that's, a, that's a good question for Alice. Is it? Well, I, like, it, was it, it might have been like a, I don't know not if it, both of them. Well, I don't know. Sort of, no, I think it was, no, I think it was a, a coupling. Yeah. But I don't know if it had got past the heavy pitting stage, or right. whether it was straight up frottage, or whether it was just that it was in the family stand where, you know, what was it? You can't abide it. I don't, I don't yeah, I wouldn't know. It, it's a brave move. Hell is what yes. I'm saying. It's a brave move. I mean, you're, you're obviously. I don't know whether they were just aroused by Ben Smith's ability from the back, by Kane Hamilton's um, very good performance at nine, by Robbie Thompson's deft kicks through for Tehorangi Walden. I don't know. I mean, I've been aroused by Highlanders play in the past, <laughs> but never to that level. And so uh, that's uh, this might be a first in New Zealand. Could rugby. be a Lions fan, mate. Could, could have been a Lions. <laughs> it could have been a Lions. You mean a sympathy one? Yeah. Is it a sympathy? You might have lo- loved Youngie's injection from the back. I liked Youngie's in that game. Young, Youngie's, um, has there ever been a player with more talent who shows it less? Yeah. I suppose De Bruyne came out after the game and said he's really disappointed in the performance. But there were, just, there were key Lions players, guys that have been in this competition a long time, like Elton Youngie's. Who I just... I, I wait for the, the eighty minute performance. Yeah, I know. I, I wait know. for the Dan Carter second test sort of scenario from Elton Yankees. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's almost like you sort of wait and then all you know, in a game and he's on song and then all of a sudden he has another <laughs> massive lapse and then you're just waiting for that perfect game. But consistency it's a consistency really rather than just sort of um, I suppose waiting for that for that mm. magical game mm. or two or three or 10. That's true. Um, speaking of magical game, um, 
What about the Chiefs getting up over the Stormers, heading in their mate. first loss in Cape Town after getting bashed up by the Hawares in uh, Rotorua? They managed to go over there and do what no other team's done this season and beat the Stormers. I actually think that was probably the most impressive victory of the round. Yeah. And the one that uh, New Zealanders talk about the least because it's on at 1am on a Sunday morning, so very few people would have watched it. Yeah. But wh- what did you make? Your Chiefs mana to the core? I... I Man, that was probably the, going to be the hard. I thought it was going to be the hardest sort of test for a New Zealand team to go over there and and um, and beat the Stormers. But that was awesome. You know, Antonio Brown playing his fiftieth, uh, Brad Weber playing his fiftieth as well. So they obviously drew motivation on that. <laughs> they also got a, a, a penalty try from a scrum. Yeah. Hey. And, yeah. And like we're uh, talking about after what happened the week before, right? Man. So that mm-hmm. was that is huge. I'm looking forward to how they push on. I am too. Hey, um, I just want to talk about two games this coming up this round. Uh, I want to talk about the Waratahs uh, taking on uh, the Highlanders. Th- this game doubles down for the Waratahs now because the Rebels took another chunk out of their lead in the conference. In yep. fact, the Rebels may be top. Um, they need to win. They need to stay in touch now because you either win the Aussie conference or you're out. out. Yeah, that's it. So um, the Highlanders go over there. The Waratahs, I mean, you've got to be at ground zero now yep. after that game on the weekend, how do they cope with what the Highlanders will throw at them? No Ben Smith, I realise that, but they've shown an ability to get through without their big names. Yeah, I think the Waratahs would have drawn a lot of confidence from that uh, 29 point. Yeah, but, yeah but they would have drawn confidence from the 29 points, but what about the 31 they conceded yeah. and lost the game? Yeah, yeah, exactly. but they've, they've obviously got some pretty good strike, strike weapons. Uh, admittedly, the Crusaders didn't kick well, and you know, when you've got someone at the back that's going to do something like that and create magic then you know you're always going to pay for that but you know the Highlanders you're right and this is what they've got to do the, the Waratahs have got to come out and they've got to win because as you say if you don't win the Aussie conference you're gone mm. your Highlanders good to go in Sydney yeah mate that'll be sweet oh that's it well, why give me a reason why you're that confident that's my confidence it's is why. Just, yes. <laughs> my confidence. See, producer Aaron, Aaron, that's why we love you because you Aaron are. Aaron Smith just will make a massive difference. Do you th- I thought Hamilton played really well. He did play well. I, but there's no one who's Aaron Smith. It's a it's an impossible position for, for Hamilton oh. or any other backup halfback to be in, trying to be compared to Aaron Smith. That yeah. doesn't happen. No. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> It's like every fullback compared to you, Milsey. Oh, hey, mate. Hey, hey don't. Hey. No, 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 hey. no, no, no. So that's why Izzy, no. Izzy could never live up to your <laughs> no, class. That's no, why. That no. still haunts him to this no, day. Izzy no, Dag's still haunted. Do not, do not mention that. <laughs> that was not the case at all, buddy. That, that's what you were angling for. I could say <laughs> no. I you're angling for a <laughs> no, bit of praise. No, no. I appreciate that. That's I appreciate right. it. Now, the last game to talk about uh, today on the short ball team is uh, Crusaders heading north to uh, Okalofa to take on the Blues. Uh, Paddy Tui Polotu is out, shoulder injury, that's ruled him out of June. Joe Moody's out, suspended for uh, for a remarkable effort to actually find Kirtley Beal's chin, which um, I think should have come with some sort of praise, not a suspension. But um, he's gone, and uh, the Blues last week, I, I thought, and I write about it on this rugby pass this week, I thought the Blues showed glimpses, mm. and mm. you know what they are, Melzi? They're glimpses. Mm. They are glimpses in a haze of fog, and faulty decision making the rest of the time, but when they were really good, was when they were really simple. Yeah, and, and what I liked about that was the fact that they went in with a game plan, which has been something that's I suppose haunted them that they haven't quite stuck to it. But they obviously went with a game plan that was well out of the way they usually play. You know, they usually throw the ball around a little bit, but to put little kicks in behind, get down the right end of the field, and try and build pressure. Um, was, was huge, and so for them to them to stick to, with that for a, a majority of the time was good, but.
but you're right. It's just it's glimpses. So um, unfortunately, Sonny Bill Williams coming back was massive. Um, what about his combination with Auburn Ledger? What did you yeah. think of that? I, was, I loved it. I, I was actually surprised they took Auburn Ledger off because Me I, too. I, I thought he was playing a, um, a, a really good game. And it's you know you you want to give well if it was me you'd want to give someone sort of eighty odd minutes give him that confidence of mm. such a young guy especially leading into next next year or the next season yeah I agree. I like Auburn Ledger I'm 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 massively on that bandwagon right now I just I think he's got all the ability he's got all the touches and. Yeah, he can only improve outside someone like Sonny. Mm. Yeah. Running lines, he'll learn all his angles, he'll know where to be. His defence has been really good and he's got a great left boot. He's got he's got a lot of things that a lot of teams like. And that's probably the difference for me in, in terms of if you're looking at Ledger compared to a Moala, um, TJ and things like that, it's it's um, you know, the, the kind of similar similar players in, in, in terms of um, what they can do in terms of breaking and things like that and distributing, but it's his left boot. That sort of stands out the most. It's it's huge, and when you're in a, a team like that, that sort of needs a variation uh, in the kickers and get down the right end of the field. He's your man to go to. Right, one more thing before we go today on the short ball, Millsy. All Blacks named on Sunday. Mm. Um, a couple of positions up for grabs. Obviously, Moody will be back, so that takes care of their loose head prop dilemma because uh, he'll be named. Number eight is the one position I want Mm. to talk about. Number eight. You have got no Kieran Reid, who's uh, back at training with the Crusaders, which is good news. Awesome. You've got Akira Ioane. You've got Luke Whitelock. You've got Jordan Talfour. Which way do you go? Well, I I think you have to go Whitelock. I think he's the... You know, we've spoken about this before. He's probably the most complete player. And I just, like, think about some of the things that he does... um, and, and you've mentioned it before. He's sort of not, you know, in between that square box on the tally. But the hard work he does, and he is. He's he's a skillful player, but his defence to me is huge. I'm a big White Lock fan. I'm a big fan of Akira Ioane's athleticism, but once again, the same problems seem to plague him, which is drifting in and out of games. Mm. Luke Whitelock does not drift in and out of a game. No. Luke Whitelock runs into a field, crushes 25 people and takes the ball up 20 times and he does it for 80 minutes and you get it every week. Yeah, yeah, every every week. And that's kind of, I mean, that's in test match footy, that, that's the sort of player you need. You can't have little lapses because other teams will sort of, um, they'll, they'll capitalise on stuff like that. You've got to be in the game doing the hard stuff. But then also the ability to, when you're in that sort of structure to be out wide and to, to finish things off. Complement that with his defence, it's huge. What about the other guy in that equation? Jordan Talfour. Had another great season. Uh, real tough, tough as teak sort of guy. Head down, buries it, goes uh, like Luke Whitelock, goes as long as he has to go in a game. I mean, is he a realistic opportunity for the All Blacks or do you think he gives away a little bit too much in height, which will be a concern for them? Well, well that's been talked about, his height, hasn't it? I've loved the way Tol uh, um, you know, brought his physicality into the game. And, you know, you, um, when you're in an All Black mix and things like that, that's, that's one of the criteria you have to have, physicality with the ball and without the ball. I, I think... Um, they'll possibly go. The, the mix is going to be interesting. I think they'll p- possibly go with uh, Yuani because you know they've, they've spent a lot of time with him, and he has. He's got X factor, and it's whether who they bring off the bench. You know, you obviously got Savia that can cover, um, you know, six, seven, and eight, mm. um, and perhaps you know the only downfall. And I don't know. It's a hard thing. Is is Portal Four is that the fact that he possibly isn't a, a line-out option, or you know, he is, but he, he isn't, you know? Yep, well, and, the other, sense. Yep. and um, I can tell you with um, certainty, Liam Squire is good to go. Spoke to oh, him on Saturday yeah, night, and he said oh, right. uh, he didn't know where these stories are coming 
from that he's not going to be ready for June. He is uh, jumping out of his skin ready to play. Wow. So Squire comes wow. back into the mix. You've obviously got Kane. You've obviously got Sabia. You've got Via Fafita who can cover oh, loose Fita. as well. So um, I think the All Blacks are going to be okay on Sunday. Oh, I, I don't think you should start feeling too sorry for them right now. No but way. that number eight spot certainly going to be one to watch. What are you going to be doing Sunday morning, Producer Alice? Probably sleeping okay. till, till afternoon. Till the afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Afternoon sleeping. I'll send you a text with the team because I know you, you yeah, hate, yeah. you'd hate to miss it. Thank you. All right. Just the number eight. I just want to know just the number eight. Just the number eight? eight? Yeah. <laughs> I've got my predictions for everyone else. I'm sure they're right. You've got your predictions for everyone else? I like that. <laughs> right. I know you have. I've seen it actually. You've written it up on the big whiteboard yeah, next yeah, door. Yeah. yeah. You, you probably will be right. Did we put a bit on that? Was Every, it a, yeah, we got the sweepstakes going. Have we got a KFC bit? A KFC! Sure. KFC bit? Let's do it. Okay, you got to get 95%, otherwise you'll shout for the dirty bird. Yep. All right, we're done. That's been the short ball today. Thanks, Producer Alice. Thanks to our guest, Niall Williams, Steve Hoyles. Thank you, Millsy. We'll catch you next week, and you can catch all the action on rugbypass.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.